Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast. This is the podcast to hear authentic stories of marriages that have gone from ashes to excellence, tips to improve your own marriage, definitely some hard truths, and experts in fields that will help you navigate the good, the bad, and the in-between of marriage. I'm your host for the show, Cameron thompson Alariki. I'm the wife to Mo, who is a pilot, so we do talk a lot about aviation on here. And Mo and I have Mason, who is a teenager, and Zane, who is a toddler. I'm an Enneagram 2 with a one wing, a former public school teacher turned Gottman certified marriage coach, an avid self-improvement reader, a homeschool mom, and traveling is an absolute must for our family. That being said, this podcast is set up as if you and I were old friends, sitting together, drinking coffee in a coffee shop, and vulnerably talking about life together. So you'll definitely hear about my boys, my marriage, and my life's adventures of all the things that I just mentioned. If improving your marriage, authenticity, and growth are your jam as much as they are mine, you are definitely in the right place, and I couldn't be more excited to have you here. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, leave a review, and don't forget to share to your socials so that more people can better their marriage along with you. Thanks for listening, and let's jump into this week's episode. Hey, y'all. Before we get started on this week's episode, I have to tell you about the date box. Now, you know that I never share anything I haven't already tried, and I'm ridiculously picky about what I attach my name and brand to. But as a certified marriage coach, one of the things that I'm most passionate about is connection. The more connected you and your partner are, the less conflict you're going to have, the less relationship stress you're going to have, and the more partnership closer friendship, deeper emotional, and better physical intimacy you're going to have, which leads to a stronger relationship overall. And that's why I've partnered with Happily. Happily understands, like I do, that finding a sitter, matching schedules, or living somewhere with a lot of new things to do may be a challenge. And sometimes you just want to have a date at home in your comfy pants. Am I right? Happily's got you. With a date box that's sent straight to your door, there's no excuse not to have at least one night of customizable connection every single month. Mo and I love our date box. We've customized it to what we like to do. And he loves that there's a customized playlist that we get to listen to on Spotify for a little mood music. I love the cute new recipes that we get to bake together and enjoy as we play a game or activity that they always send us. Now the games and activities are actually fun and they help us get to know each other because even though we've been married for almost seven years, we're not the same people that we were when we first got together. So getting to know each other for who we are now keeps things fun, spicy, and connected. And if you're struggling to plan a date with your spouse for less than it would cost you to get a sitter and go out, let Happily take care of the planning for you. Just go to thehappily.co Fill out the questionnaire to customize your date box onto what you like to do. Pick how often you want a date box sent to you and type in the code DIVORCEPROOFMARRIAGE, all one word, for 50% off your first month. Today's guest is somebody that I truly wish I would have known about before Mo and I got married. I feel like so many arguments, so many conflicts, so much resentment could have been avoided if we would have known about Brittany P. Brittany is a mom of four and a wife, and they have a yours, mine, and ours dynamic. And she's also a certified step family coach and teacher. She has personal experience in blending her own family and spent many years learning strategies in the school of hard knocks. Her approach is centered around empowering women to strengthen themselves 
which then ultimately influences and benefits the whole family. I really think that everything that she has to say today is going to really resonate with you and give you a lot of great nuggets if you are in a blended family coach. And while she does speak mostly to the stepmom's perspective, she does also help stepdads in a lot of the things that she talks about today too. And now, Brittany P. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Good. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you to be on the podcast today. So excited. I'm excited to be here. Good. There's no, you're fine. There's so many things I want to talk about. Let's just jump in. So, um, for anybody who has not heard of you, like kind of tell your story, tell a little bit about what you do and all of that. My name is Brittany. I am a blended family coach. I am certified as a life coach and as a step-parent coach. Um, The reason I got into all of that is because um, I am in a blended family. I was a single mama for a while. um, And when I I was divorced as a single mom, and then when I got remarried, my husband was also a dad. And so we kind of mesh our families together. And it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would just kind of work out. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know what everybody's hope, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, we're good people. We've got really good intentions and like intentions get us so far. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of where we're at. I was, I stayed in frustration for several years as the stepmom in that role. And, um, and it was just took me on a little emotional roller coaster for quite a while. So that's why I do what I do now. I, I love to normalize the feelings that, um, the step parent experiences, but also like, how do you balance being a biological parent and, a step parent at the same time because they look different and tricky waters to navigate. So that's kind of a little bit my my background. I love that. And, and I want to dive into that because I think, so I being a marriage coach, I do. And then we're also a blended family. My husband came in and he was not a dad yet and so it has been a very emotional roller coaster for him. And then, and honestly, for not only my clients, but for us too, our biggest fights are over my child that is not biologically his. He came into Mason's life when he was five, when Mason was five. And so he's basically, I mean, Mason's called him dad, but biologically he's not. And now we have an ours baby too. And so, and even I did an episode, um, clear back in like season one or two, maybe of with my son's stepmom, and she, like, we work well, we co-parent very well together, but now that dynamic has shifted as well for her because they have an ours baby. And so Mason is kind of left in this like limbo of he's treated differently in both houses by his step parents. And that's something that's really frustrating for him. And then as the biological mom, like that's hard for me too, because then I'm stuck in the middle. So kind of speak into that. And like, and honestly, 
I feel like one of the expect it goes down to expectations too, right? Like my expectation that I made that was way too unrealistic at the very beginning was that Mo would just love Mason like his own. And that's, I think that's common and mm-hmm. also very unrealistic because it's not going to happen. So, right. so kind of talk into all of that. Is that something that you see commonly, you know, how do you navigate yeah. those waters? Yeah, that I, I think there's so many expectations, like culturally, like love the child like your own, but don't treat the yeah. child like your own. Like, it's just you, it, it feels like whatever you it's wrong (laughs) whatever choice you make and and exactly like you're saying like you expect that that love is going to be there instantly and it's not almost every time like I think there are a few rare occasions maybe that happens or maybe those people aren't being completely honest I don't I don't know (laughs) but love takes time and it usually takes some sacrifice too even when you have like a newborn baby right? Like there was sacrifice to get that baby on earth. (laughs) Right. 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 And so there's already that sacrifice piece there that sometimes people do feel that instant love with a new infant. Sometimes it takes time and it's the same going in as a step parent, um, that most of the time it does take some time. Like, like my neighbor's kids, I think they're great. Right. But I don't love them the same as I love my biological kids it's a little bit right yeah and and like I would do almost anything for most of those kids but it it is a little bit different and I think we judge ourselves we shame ourselves as the step parent like oh yeah I should be loving them the same the exact same way I should be treating them the exact same way I should think about them in the same way and that shame and guilt that we put on ourselves or even if our partner's putting that on us is not helpful. So it's not, but how do you, like, how do you instruct your clients to show up to, to make that happy medium to where the child still feels loved and wanted and, you know, accepted, Mm -hmm. but without sacrificing your marriage and also without sacrificing yourself and also without, Shaming yourself, like, you know what I mean? Without throwing yeah. yourself under the bus. Uh, well, really, it's, it's kind of, a, a, there's steps that we go through. But first, it's like accepting where you're at. Like, yeah, I don't feel the same about these kids. And that's okay. Um, and then what do I want that to look like? What's my goal? And how can I start getting there? Uh, a lot of it is just shifting our perspective, shifting our mindset about mm-hmm how I'm thinking about the situation. (laughs) I think that's a huge thing. And that was actually something that I had written down that I wanted to talk about is mindset, because I think a lot of times marriages get shifted towards divorce because of mindsets. Mm -hmm. And then also like, it's the step parenting role. And, and I hate when people say, well, you knew what you got, you know, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up or (laughs) something like that, because you really didn't like, you really didn't know what you, what you were getting into. Now I will agree that like, you knew when you signed up that your potential spouse was a a mom or a dad, or that there was a child involved and they were a package deal, but like what it would take and the level of sacrifice completely different. So when life throws you those curveballs, like how do you 
you know, hit them versus striking out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so complicated because it, it throws so many things at you. I love that. Um, what you're saying here, just like, we don't know what we're signing up for. Like when I become a, a parent, even a biological parent, like I, I know, oh, yeah, you don't know it's going to be hard, but yeah. like, I know people say I'm going to be tired. Yeah. But I have no idea. Like I realistically, I can't the level. It. Yes. yes. The it's level the of exhaustion. <laughs> yes. It's yes. the same thing. So you can't know what you yeah. signed up for, but do we persevere? Do we, we work through it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just parenting in general. I mean, we have a teenager and a toddler, which I mean, in real honesty, like it's the same thing. It's just different, different yeah. levels of emotion, but like all the emotions are there. They're all big. They're all uncontrollable. It's just, it's chaos. But that's one of the things that is hardest because it's like, how much of this is developmentally appropriate? How much of this is like, am I creating the problem? Are you creating, like, how is this working out? And so it's just parenting in general, like trying to figure it out as a parent, step-parent, bio-parent, doesn't matter. Like you're just trying to figure it out. And the mindset that you have is exponentially harder if your mindset is trash. So Right. Right. I think I actually, most of the time we create the problem ourselves um, through our mindset, just like what you're saying. I have teenagers and a toddler too. And you get it. You totally get it. I do. So all the things that we're thinking about, like, what am I making this mean? What am I make that behavior mean? Will make or break (laughs) how, how I deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you, um, I heard at one point that if you're a step parent, rather than coming at it from like a loving approach, come at it from like, just start with kindness and respect. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you like, what does that look like specifically? How do you offer that so that the child will respect you? Cause I think too, um, I have, so many friends that contact me and they're like, I have to repeat myself 3000 times with these children. They don't listen to me. They don't respect me. They're, you know, I don't love them like my own. And I feel terrible for saying that, that, you know, I'm having to like, there's a lot of, one of um, the, the frustrations of my husband is that he's the primary breadwinner in our house. And so it's like, now I'm financially responsible for children that are not my own. Like, it's been a struggle. And so the whole not respecting the step parent, I think is a really big deal. So kind of talk into that. How do you usually handle that? Is that something you've experienced? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I think the hardest, I, I guess my background, I was a school teacher for many years. Me and, too. Okay. Oh, sweet. Uh, I love, I love teachers. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of, I like to think of it as like that teacher mindset, like none of the kids in the classroom are are mine, but I treat them all with kindness and respect, right? Regardless of how I might actually feel about their behaviors or what what they're doing in my class. Um, But if I can switch to like, I'm not the parent, I'm not the parent here. I'm I'm more of a a role model or just like a, a person who can influence their life like a teacher 
um, like an aunt or an uncle, right? If I can switch that and say like, I'm not in charge <laughs> completely, like it, mm-hmm. it's not all up to me. That, that took a lot of weight off for me. Yeah. Um, now as a teacher, I, I did have students that really pushed my buttons, but I was able to say, you know what, at the end of the day, they, they have their own parents who get to deal with how this child will end up in the end. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know why for me that was, that made it easier as the, as the step parent to say, you know what, this isn't ultimately up to me. I am here to treat them kindly, to treat them with respect, like I would any other human, but ultimately how they end up, I'm not going to like get caught up in, they're going to be a terrible human or right in those little right. details. Otherwise that's going to stress me out. Right. So in terms of like, um, you know, if they're repeating, if you're repeating yourself 900 times, then mm-hmm. would you just pass that off to the bio parent and be like, I'm going to need you to take this. Cause yep. yeah, okay. that's what I recommend. Okay. I, I like to tell my clients to come up with a set of rules, just like in a classroom, we come up with classroom rules and if we follow the rules, then great. Or if we don't follow the rules, here's what happens. And, and then ultimately I hand it back to the, the biological parent. A lot of boundaries. Okay. Okay. What about in terms of like financing, like you're paying for things for like, because you're the primary breadwinner, like what would you say in that kind of situation? That is trickier. And that's actually not something I have personally experienced, but I think it, it comes down to like communicating with your partner. What are you comfortable with, you know, coming up, deciding what those boundaries are for you um, and possibly shifting your mindset. Like it could feel, you could feel resentful if you're giving and don't feel like you have a choice in it. But when we feel like we are making a choice, I'm choosing to do this, that, that shifts the story. I think the choice thing is a really big, really big part of blending a family in general that, you know, it's not just put on you, but like, you're making a choice. You're choosing to come into this family. You're choosing to be a step parent. You're choosing to, and it goes back to that mindset. So like having the mindset of I'm choosing this versus I have to do this, or I'm forced to do this or whatever, like you chose to do this. And so that's a really big thing too. And I think, um, that leads into a lot of the expectations too. So like kind of talk about what are some realistic expectations when you are a step parent versus when you are the bio parent and kind of what falls into what's, what's realistic basically. (laughs) Oh, that can vary so much depending on the situation, but, um, I'm, I'm just going to speak what's coming to my brain right now. <laughs> sure, or whatever your experiences are with your clients or whatever. Yeah. As far as expectations, we we have to let go of a lot of them, right? Yeah. Many of us, most of us did not go as a kid like, oh, I can't wait to be in a step family. Like that's, yeah. that's not a thing that right. I, I can't think of anyone that has said that before. We usually have this nuclear family idea and 
step families are different and the relationships are different. And so a lot of those expectations we will have to change. And, and sometimes there's like a grieving that has to happen. Some yeah. processing that has to happen there. Like I love my stepson but, and he loves me too, but he doesn't love me the same as he right. loves his mom. And that's sure. something I had to like accept. I had to come to terms with that. Like it's different. It's a different relationship. And after I like allowed myself to feel that, like feel a little bit sad about that, then I was able to move forward and be like, it's different, but it's great. Here are the great things about it. Right. Um, And it's really like that with any expectation that we have, like just accepting the reality of the situation and say, that would be nice. It would be lovely to have them every single holiday, but that's not the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to feel the feelings and then I'm going to try to move forward. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think, I think a lot of issues that we have as human beings is that we get wrapped up in what we wish would happen or what we, you know, are having a hard time with the vision that's not coming to reality. And instead we have to accept that reality for sure. For sure. What are some of the most common things that you find or that you help couples with, or that you help blended families with most common struggles? Biggest things are dealing with a co-parent. So that's always a lot of, (laughs) a lot of like high conflict people. Like, how do we, how do we work this out? How can we communicate in a way that benefits all of us for the benefit of the child? Right. Um, long-term, um, a lot of times it's the communication with the couple themselves. Mm. Um, many of my clients have come from tricky relationships previously, and they kind of bring some of that into the new relationship. Always, always. I mean, I tell people, I tell anyone, anyone considering divorce, I tell them, if you don't work through your stuff in this relationship, you are, it, it, it is completely inevitable. You were going to take it to the next relationship. So I'm, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. And I will say too, like, just to add on to that, sometimes you do work through your own stuff. Like I, I was divorced and I went to a therapist and I worked through as much as I could, but going back into another marriage, yeah, <coughs> excuse me, was very triggering for me in a lot of ways and brought things up that I was not able to process until I was mm-hmm. back in another marriage. Yeah. Um, and so I, we, it was when it got hard, our mind was like, yeah, let's just get divorced. This is hard, right? Yeah. And I think that's everybody's mindset is yeah. again, it goes back to mindset. I think that it's like, well, this is too hard and I don't want to deal with it. So you pick a different hard And then you don't realize it's going to be harder in some ways down the line. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So that's, uh, that's a huge piece is the communicating as partners. I'm trying to think what other for, for blended families where they both have kids they are bringing in to the family, um, kids getting along with each other and kind of helping with those connections. That's a big piece. Um, trying to think of the biggies here. Those are the biggest ones I'm thinking right now. So like, Ah. just how do we communicate? How do we all get on the same page? How do we make this work for all of us? 
I want to go back to what you were saying about a lot of the times it's how um, the parents like in the marriage actually communicate with each other, because that's such a huge piece. And I've heard so often that um, it's, it's partially because I, I'm trying to think of how I heard it, but basically it's like, if like for me as the mom, basically, if Mason um, wasn't respecting me, it's because he hasn't seen Mo respect me. Or if Mason isn't respecting Mo, it's because he hasn't seen me respect Mo. Kind of thing, like going, like the kids are going to mirror the parents basically. Exactly. So, yeah. So speak into that a little bit. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, we, uh, we always set the tone. As parents. We set the tone for the family. And a lot of, uh, I get this all the time on my videos that, when I say the partnership has got to be strong and people are like, no, you have to put all your focus on the kids. And I'm like, nope. If you're not on the same page, nobody's on the same page. No, yep. Nobody in the yep. family. Kids will take sides with their parents. And then it's just chaos. It's like this competition or a war. I almost visualize. Yeah, they'll use it against you. Everybody against everybody. But if you can be on the same page as a couple, the, the kids see that also they're seeing like your example of how to have a healthy relationship, which is yeah. ultimately what we want for our kids. Most of us, I think. Yeah. Um, and it creates a safe, inviting environment for everyone. Everyone can kind of breathe and say, okay, this is what dad's doing. I can see dad respects and, and likes this new person. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot too. Yeah. Well, and two, I've also like, this is something else is that, you know, when you're in a new relationship or when you're in a new marriage or even, even the marriage that you have, like you have to work on, but like the parents have to work on their relationship because as a step parent coming in, that's the newest relationship. Yes. And so when you're working on the newest relationship there, then everything else will fall into place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I love that. So going from like, let's say, I mean, do you ever see couples that don't have a healthy relationship or maybe you've experienced this yourself where they don't have a healthy relationship? How do you teach them or coach them to, you know, kind of change that to where it is a healthier relationship? Yeah, that this is definitely something I've experienced firsthand. <laughs> um, and many of my clients, but I, what it usually comes down to is how are we communicating with each other? Um, I could say the exact same words, but what my body is doing, my, like my body language, the tone I'm saying, it can make all the difference. <clears throat> so we can have the exact same conversation. I have a scripted conversation, but it could go two completely different ways, depending on yeah. how I enter that conversation. And so I found that that is so, so important for most of our, just how to move forward, right? So for example, in our marriage, when we were just brand new blending again, because we had come from tricky relationships before, we immediately got defensive with each other. <laughs> when we mm, didn't agree, yeah. Right. So it was like, this is how we make tacos. And then it was like, wall up. Like, no, yeah. no way. Like we're so, yeah. I'm so ashamed, like so embarrassed that that's how we acted. But it was the reality. Like that's 
But those were triggers from your previous relationships that were coming up that, yeah. Like I will not be pushed around anymore. I am done with that part of my life. Right. So, so we would just both dug our heels in and like, that was awful. That was such a hard thing on our marriage um, because you can't move anywhere if you're both just digging your heels in. So how did you, how did you change that? How did you change the dynamic? It was really scary. Um, especially when you come from like, I'd come from a really toxic relationship, really, really unhealthy. It was scary to be vulnerable again and to like actually give somebody a chance, like put my heart out there again. And, um, yeah, that vulnerability piece was tricky, but really listening, I had to slow the conversation down, put my defenses down, like break. (laughs) break that wall down a little bit and hear what what he was trying to communicate like oh this actually isn't about this problem we're talking about here this is actually about I hurt you in the way I said this and right so really just getting raw getting real with each other it's the same with me with with the way that I coach couples it starts with that vulnerability piece and it starts with the problem is never the problem. The problem is it's never the problem. It's never money. It's never the, you know, the tacos. It's yeah. It's how did you say that? How do I feel disrespected? I feel unheard, unseen, unmisunderstood. I'm losing control. I'm, you know, something deeper. It's always something deeper. And I'm also a big proponent of the fact that you can only communicate as well as you know yourself. So that self-awareness piece, if you're not aware that you're getting defensive all the time, if you're not aware that you have unrealistic expectations, if you're not aware of all these things, you can't communicate those and you can't communicate well. So it just creates bigger problems. Um, One of the things that I, uh, that, that parents or couples, anyone comes to me with is a lot of resentment. So a lot of the, like kind of talk about, um, some triggers for resentment and blending a family and like how to get out of that or how to take the resentment down. Yeah. So when I see a lot for step moms, I get a lot of, um, moms come to me who tend to be people pleasers. And the problem with that is where we put everybody else, everybody else's needs in front of our own. So uh, let's say I had plans to go exercise on Tuesday and all of a sudden my stepchild needs to be picked up from dance class. I put my needs aside and say, okay, I'll do this. Well, I, if I do that on a regular basis, I'm going to feel very resentful sure. because I'm always saying no to me, what I was had planned for my self-care for whatever. And I'm saying, yes, 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 yes. Without, I had no boundaries. I'm just always yeah. agreeing without thinking. Lack of boundaries is huge in mm-hmm. all it like, There's usually, if there is a massive conflict, the other side is there's a lack of boundaries. So yeah, I see that a lot. I see that a lot too, for sure. Um, what are some other things that you think are really important 
for step parents to know or for blending families like to make it successful? I think it's really important to know that all the big feelings that are coming up are actually super normal and it doesn't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay in resentment and overwhelm and feeling the frustration like, and it will get better. It can get better, but um, there, you may have to change and tweak some things <laughs> to get sure. a better side. Um, but I guess that's, that's really the message I love to share with blended families is that it, there is hope and there is so much joy and happiness. My blended family is my greatest blessing. Yeah. If you had talked to me 10 years ago, I would have been like, this is a nightmare. This is awful. Like, don't do it. Right. If I, yeah. if but, but now looking back, I can see how, like, it's just beautiful how it's turned out and it was hard but we grew so much as a family and it's, there are still things that I wish were different. Like sharing kids back and forth is not my favorite, right? I wish right. we had them all the time, but that wouldn't be the best for the kids either. Right. Right. Yeah. Just accepting what, and just have that hope. Definitely. What's your biggest challenge that you've overcome and how'd you do it? Uh, I was my biggest challenge. <laughs> I'll be really honest. <laughs> it, it was me. I was the, I was causing the most problems and it was, um, my thoughts that I was having. I, I felt very caught off guard and like, if everyone could just do it this way, then it wouldn't be a problem. Right. So I, I kind of made myself a victim in my circumstances. Um, that like I felt like I had no control and my life was just happening to me when I was mm. finally able to say I actually do have some control here I have some influence but it's gonna look a little bit different than I thought sure. the house might be as clean as I want it to be but I do have control still I could hire someone to come clean my house I could make sure that Tuesday is cleaning day or whatever like whatever thing I there's I don't have to be the victim. I don't have to be the one to do all the cleaning or all the, yeah. whatever the thing is. Yeah. That, oh man, that, I didn't expect you to say that, but I love that you did because I think that's so true in so many circumstances is that you like, we are our own biggest challenge. We are. I was the problem. <laughs> yep. What? Is there anything that you feel like you want listeners to know about um, blending a family or creating a healthy relationship with your spouse or you're creating a, a healthy relationship with your stepkids? Yeah. Uh, I kind of my framework when I work with clients is it really starts with us. So if you're trying to create some healthy relationships, you've got to start with you. We, we kind of touched on this a little earlier, but like being self-aware, loving ourselves as we are accepting the great things about us and also acknowledging that I have some weaknesses. I have some things I get defensive about and, and then getting raw and vulnerable. When we can accept those realities about ourselves, then we can move into strengthening our, our marriage. 
working on our communication, right? Having real conversations about our feelings, like not running away from those hard conversations. I had to learn that hard conversations actually could strengthen your marriage. They can. Um, where, Where I used to like be so afraid of having a hard conversation, I would do everything I could to avoid that, right? Tiptoe mm-hmm. around, try to make everybody happy. So learning those things, learning how to communicate, learning how to um, like be best friends with my partner, my person, and like yes. love my choice. And then when the marriage is strong, then we can really focus on like, okay, let's connect as a family. <clears throat> I'm good inside me. I'm good with my person let's help everybody be good. But if I don't start with me, none of it can happen. Yeah. That's where you get stuck. What are some of your favorite activities to do? Like think like thinking back, even when your kids were, or like stepkids were younger, what were some of your favorite activities to just connect with? Like, cause I always feel like connection before correction is really important. So how did you, like, what were some of your favorite activities to connect with your step, step kids? Um, or did you even have any? The one I thought of is actually not the best one for our family, but, um, we used to try to play a lot of games and it actually ended up being very triggering for some of us like that it brought the competition out and actually ended up making things not as good so to recognize that that was maybe not the best activity for our family was really good insight um and so shifting it to things like um anything that was non-competitive watching a movie going on a hike what my personal favorite is like going on family vacations where we don't have the stress of the other stuff, right? It could be just going anywhere, any kind of little adventure together where we're doing something new, creating new memories for all of us. Those yeah. are my favorite. I love going on vacations, but I also feel like it's not really a vacation for me because it's just herding cats in a different location. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I found that um, there are certain things like with my um, stepson, like, he loves to come to me about certain topics that took a while to Mm -hmm. kind of learn, but, um, there are certain things I know that like, I keep my mouth shut about this topic or this topic, right? Yeah. Those are not a good idea. These ones, like I'm like a special person. I'm like his go-to person for these other topics. Yeah. Um, where, so that's kind of cool to like, instead of feeling sorry for myself that these are no, no things, to say like, you know what, this is pretty cool because he really values my opinion on this. Yeah. 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 That took a while to get there. <laughs> Do you find that your stepkids have developed like quirks of yours or that they are like, they get certain, even though they're not your biological kids, they still get like certain aspects from you? Yeah, I think so. Especially because he's been in my life for such a long time <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, I've known like my stepson was six, barely six when we got married. So that, okay. that's a, yeah. a good amount of time to be in someone's life. So I think for sure. And actually it's been funny the last few years um, in our family, we're like, actually you're more like your stepmom, like personality wise. And maybe that's why there's some feeling of competition because we actually have a lot in common, <laughs> right? 
Mo and Mason are both Virgos. And so they're, and they're both stubborn. They're both like, there's so many things that I look at Mason and I'm like, you are just like your dad. And he's like, which one? I'm like, your stepdad. And he's like, Nah, uh, yeah, you are. Denial <laughs> about that, yeah. <laughs> and they do; they butt heads over the certain things because they they are exactly like each other. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. So I I think that a lot of times people who are really similar to us trigger us the most. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's oh man, so many things. Um, if. People need help blending their family or they need, you know, they want to find you. How can they find you? What kind of offers do you do? do? What does your program look like? So give us all the details about that. Yeah. So I am, my, my website is blendingbravely.com. You can find me there. You can find all my free resources on my website. I also have an online course. It's self-paced. Um, basically a whole transformation, taking you through those three main areas. I talked about how to strengthen ourselves, how to strengthen our partnership and how to strengthen the family unit as a whole. So the transformation course takes you through all of that. Um, you can find that on my website as well. I also offer one-on-one coaching for people are like, just tell me for my situation. (laughs) I don't want a blanket answer. I want like, tell me to my face. Like what are all so unique anyway. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I offer that um, in either a three-month or a six-month package. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is it's me, Brittany P. Um, and Brittany, Brittany is B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. And I'll put I'll put all of that in the show notes too. Yep. So that's where you can find me. I'm I'm around and I love, I'm like overly passionate probably about helping blended families like I love to see that transformation maybe almost as much as my clients so I know I'm the same way with couples that I yeah but it is because we've taken our mess and made it our message so that's yeah I love that I love that you're so passionate about it that's awesome well Brittany thank you so much for being on the show today I really appreciate you and I hope couples will connect with you yeah it's been so great to have to be on here and chat with you today. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much, and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week.